Hey, thanks so much for listening to the V1 Church Podcast. This is Mike Signorelli, the lead pastor of V1 Church. And you know what? Wherever you're at in the world, whatever you're doing, when you hit that play button, I believe you made an awesome decision because listening to this podcast is going to change your life if you let it. It's going to help you grow, learn more about the Bible, get closer to Jesus, which is all great, great things. Uh, but you know, it's funny because Christians have this, this problem where we do and say things that are absolutely ridiculous to people who are not Christians. And if you were raised in church like me, you might not even know how weird it is, but we're continuing this series called I Heart My Church. And I'm not even preaching today. You're about to hear a message from my wife and she's just going to make you laugh, make you cry, and just really speak to Mark chapter two, where it's like, man, some crazy guys cut a hole in a roof and lowered their friend down to meet Jesus because the multitudes were blocking the way to Jesus. And I don't know where you came from and what church experience you've had, but sometimes it's actually the crowds of Christians that stop us from getting to Christ. And that'll preach. So I'm not going to do, I'm going to let my wife do it. But without further ado, here you have it. Uh, our co-lead pastor, Julie Signorelli. I'm so thankful, um, not only that he's my husband, but also that we co-pastor this church together, but he believes in lifting up and empowering women. I don't know about you girls, but that spoke to me last week, and I'm so thankful that we have a pastor that doesn't just say that, right? He's about it, because if you didn't notice, I'm a girl, so, and I'm up here preaching today, so I'm so sorry if that offends you. We preach like, you know, we have girls preach and people wear hats. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But, um, yeah, we just, when the Bible says come as you are, we're like, okay, coming in jeans. Thanks. <laughs> so we are all in on that scripture. We love that. But we had such a powerful week, and um, we've, we're in a series called I Heart My Church. I heart my church. Yeah, we love it. If you didn't get a free t-shirt, get one. I know it's a little weird. We are a little weird. And good church people sometimes do weird things, right? Like I'll wear a shirt that says I love my church and then, you know, bark like Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> you guys remember that show, Home Improvement? Anyone? Am I too old? I aged out? Oh, okay, okay, okay. But uh, I don't know about you guys and where you came from, but me and Mike were raised in very similar church backgrounds. I grew up at a very small, um, uh, in a Pentecostal denomination. We were old school, okay? I would not have wore jeans to church back then. My grandpa would have died, but here I am. Praise God. Come as you are. Y'all are Googling where that's found, aren't you? That's a joke. It wasn't in my notes. I shouldn't expect you to laugh. But um, sometimes we do weird things, right? Christian people do weird things. So I'm just going to kind of list off a few of them to you. Have you ever had a Christian person come up to you and say, I just want to do life with you? You're like, what does that mean? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Or maybe you've been going through something really hard and they're like, well, it's in his hands. You're like, where are his hands exactly? <laughs> or maybe you, you know, like, I don't know, maybe you went through like a really religious phase. So when I grew up, we went through like this really religious holy phase. I don't know if any of you 
grew up in church and maybe your parents did this, but there was uh, a, a sermon, I'm sure. And after that, all I knew is the My Little Ponies were gone. The Barbies were gone. There were CDs that were broken when you still listen to CDs. Britney Spears, don't think about it. Mediterranean food had demons in it. Like you just couldn't eat hummus or do yoga or any of that. So, um, you know, we did weird things. Well-meaning, right? We did weird things. And then you have people who after the first time you meet them, they're like, I love you. I love you. You're like, we met two minutes ago. Christians are the only people that they'll say they love you. They'll ask you about your deepest, most interpersonal battle, and they'll invite you to pizza, and that will all happen within five minutes of you coming to church for the very first time. You're welcome. You are welcome. It just escalates really quickly. We can't help it. And then you have people who physically feel God, and so if you're coming into a church for the first time where the gifts and operations are in movement, in a service, and you might see people do weird things. Have y'all ever seen this? You all got quiet because you're like, yeah, I saw it. I saw about five minutes ago. (laughs) Well, I was in a church camp, and um, we were at, it was during like an altar-type service. They were praying for people, and all of a sudden, now this was camp, a huge beetle flew in my hair, and I was like, ah, you know? And they, I literally heard someone say, bless her, Lord. It's like, what? Why? So sometimes Christians, church people, churchgoers, we do weird things with the right heart, right? Now are you kind of going back in your catalog and thinking about all the things you said this morning? You're like, oh, yeah, I did that. Anybody else? Am I the only one? I'm the only weird one. Okay, that's fine. I'll preach to myself this morning. Um, But sometimes we do the wrong thing with the right heart. Like we just want to be all in for the church. We want to be all behind whatever's going on. Maybe church in the past or maybe this church or whatever. And you just kind of do some weird things. And I read this quote uh, and it's by Gandhi. And he said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. And sometimes us church people, right, can get in the way of somebody receiving from Jesus. And so we're going to talk about that. So this is in scripture. And I'm just going to tell you really quick, if you're taking notes, because we are a note-taking church. Amen? Sorry, you have a girl preaching. You're going to get a little valley girl in there. Can't help it. Um, But we are a note-taking church. So I'm going to give you a chunk of scripture. So this is Mark chapter 2, so you can jot that down because you may not have enough time to look it up or write it. Unless your Bible glows, it'll pull it up real quick. How many got some glow Bibles this morning? Yeah. All right, so Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to have three points. So I'll get to those in a minute, but we're just going to read through this scripture together. So Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he helped preach, or and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four. Uh, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, everybody say, "Well." 
I'm going to get back there. So just remember that. Because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Because see, Jesus hadn't died yet. Okay, that's my footnote. All right, chapter uh, verse eight. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God by saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now, in the story, about halfway through, it talks about a crowd was in the way. Now, you see crowds over and over and over and over again in the New Testament. And so let's be real. Sometimes the crowd of Christians is actually what's keeping people away from Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so you see these crowds over in the New Testament, and you see a crowd around uh, Jesus when Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Does it ring a bell for anybody? No? Okay, Google it. It's fine. It's in there. But Zacchaeus was trying to get to Jesus, and there was a whole crowd around Jesus, and I was reading through commentary. What it was talking about was that actually the crowd around Jesus was followers. And you see this crowd again when you have the woman with the issue of blood, And she's trying to get to Jesus because she knows that he can heal her, but yet there was a crowd around Jesus. But I'm so thankful that we serve a Jesus that despite the crowd still seeks us out and still sees us. He saw Zacchaeus. He saw the woman with the issue of blood and he sees this man on a mat. Last week we talked about church hurt. Now this is I love my church, right? How many know that even in a great relationship, there's an element of hurt that kind of comes along with that, right? Unless you're a married couple that's never fought. Good for you. (laughs) You're not welcome here, and we're going to forward all the marriage counseling right to you. (laughs) But sometimes we can be the barriers to Christ, and sometimes in a church, there's conflict that comes along with that. And we talked about last week being healed from that hurt because it's real. It's real. And if you've ever been hurt by a church, I want them to just publicly apologize to you. I am so sorry on behalf of pastors who you may or may not ever get an apology from. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But I also believe that Jesus loves the church. And I believe that Jesus isn't getting away from the church. In fact, I believe that he uses us in our imperfection because Jesus doesn't give up on people. And guess what the church is? People. So point number one, stop making excuses for people. Stop making excuses for people. Your hurt doesn't have to be their hurt. Jesus is still using the church. And so 
what we need to do is we have these crowds of people, right? These crowds of people who are in this building. So I want you to kind of imagine. Can you all just close your eyes? Imagine a building, okay? And you have this room because houses weren't built you know, back then like they were built today. And it's kind of like a dirt roof. Can you guys imagine that for me? So they make this clay mixture. They make this roof. And these guys are carrying in this paralyzed man. They know that Jesus is there. They know he's in the room. They're trying to get in. And the crowd of people clearly are not making a way for this person to receive healing from Jesus. And these guys, instead of just being like, well, sorry, they were like, well, let's go on the roof. Let's go on in. And so sometimes we make excuses for people like our church is too crowded or it's too hot or it's too loud or it's too bright or it's too modern, right? Have you ever done this for people? Like you've thought about maybe inviting them, but then your list of all the reasons why they shouldn't come kind of go through your head. I've done this and I'm the pastor. Guilty. I have so done it. But I don't know about you. I don't want to be the people in the room. I want to be the dudes on the roof, right? I want to be digging a hole for people to receive Jesus. I want to get uncomfortable. I want to get out of my comfort recliner. Well, and I'm willing to get the dirt on me a little so that somebody else can receive this power, this healing, this anointing that I have so freely and undeservingly received into my life. Amen? So point number one is stop making excuses for people. Point number two, remove barriers for people. Sometimes your yes is the difference. This is a church, V1 is a church, that believes that this is not built on me and Mike, this is not built on personality or whatever. We believe that this is built on people with shovels in their hand who are willing to dig a hole in a roof to receive people into so that they can receive healing. One of the core values that we have at our church is excellence, and that might seem a little weird because it seems kind of like unspiritual a little bit, but excellence, all that means is that we wanna remove barriers so that people can receive Jesus, right? We want to tape down cords so you don't trip on your first Sunday. How many have done that? I got a scar in my foot. It happened. Real talk. Um, It was very scandalous once he got in the room, once they lowered him down, the paralyzed man, when Jesus looked at him and said, I forgive you of your sin, he was not addressing his physical condition yet. Sometimes we have people in our lives with a lot going on. And you might think, how in the world, and I'm going to help, am am I going to help them sort out this mess? Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's family drama. Maybe it's disease. Maybe they just got word that they have cancer and you don't know what to tell them. But here's what I love about Jesus as he addresses the condition of our heart before he addresses anything else. Jesus will deal with them. All you have to do is give them the message of Jesus and let Jesus go on that journey with them. Point number three, your persistence for someone else matters. Your persistence for someone 
else matters. We as Christians, I don't care where you go to church. If you're watching on live stream and you attend somewhere, this applies to anybody and everyone. Your persistence for someone matters. You have to be outward focused. Now, I love church. Like, no one loves church more than me. I will rival you. Okay, maybe Kiel does. I don't know. I love church. I love the things of God. I was raised up in the church. I've always loved it. We saw some of the craziest things in our lifetime. But for whatever reason, God has put this thing in my heart, probably because he called me to be a pastor. And I just have this like incredible endurance for and grace for church. I just do. I don't know where it comes from or how. So I love worship services. I love intercessory prayer. I love getting in a room and just seeking God until whatever that thing we're praying for, we just feel a release and praise God and then we go home. Like, I love that. I live for that. But sometimes we have to forget about what we need. We got to forget about our encounter. We got to forget about our thing and focus on what might be going on on a rooftop. Because see, here's the thing, when they were digging out that roof, that was clay, that was dirt, and I can only imagine, can you just visualize this with me for a second? I can only imagine the church people on the room, they were getting, like, have you ever uh, tore out a roof or tore out a wall, you get a little dust, right, little dust crumbles? There were probably clumps of dust and hay and dirt that were falling all around them. And it got messy, it got a little uncomfortable. It probably got a little stinky because you know there was probably cow poop in that roof. Church people, we have got to be persistent about others. We have to get so consumed by someone else receiving an encounter that we find the, the word says that when you will refresh, you will be refreshed by refreshing others. Don't worry about your thing. Worry about God's thing, which is people. Give everything you have to them. And then guess what? Out of nowhere, God will uh, literally vi visit you with his presence and you will be free, whole, and healed all while in persistence after somebody else. We as a church, I love my church. We don't just love our church, we love God's church. God chose the church. I don't know why, full of imperfection, full of crazies, people doing the wrong thing with the right heart, sometimes doing the wrong thing with the wrong heart. But you know what? V1 Church, I want us to be known as we are not a critic in the room we're a reformer on the roof. I want to be known as a church full of people with shovels. I want to be known that we don't have to have their detox plan all laid out. We don't have to know what book they should read next. We don't have to have the discipleship gridded out for the next 24 months so that they don't sin. We don't have to worry about if they're into drugs or if they're whatever. Like, bring them to Jesus. Dig the hole in the roof. Lower them down. Let them have an encounter where Jesus says, you are forgiven and allow God to sort out the rest. Can you stand with me this morning? It is so vital that you get consumed with souls. Yeah. 
It is so vital that you have a shovel in your hand. It is so vital that you begin to get comfortable with other people's mess. God has not given up on church. And believe me, I have asked this question a million, trillion, zillion times. And what I keep coming back to is that Jesus loves people and the church is full of people. And so if God hasn't given up on people and God hasn't given up on me and God hasn't given up on Mike and on Aaron and on Dan and on Kiel and on Cheryl and on Evan and on Alex, then surely he hasn't given up on his church because I believe that church is vital. Now, are there churches that have toxic environments? Absolutely. Are there times when you have to, you know, just cut the ties and move on? Yes, I, I, I've had to do that. I understand, I've been there. But does that mean that the journey is over? Absolutely not. Staying in the crowd will keep you critical. Disappearing into a church will make you critical. Becoming a spectator will make you critical. V1 Church, we do not have bleacher seats. Now, some people are gifted in the area of generosity, and so their serving looks different. Some people are gifted with the gift of encouragement. That looks different. But sometimes we need people with shovels who are setting up lights at 5.30 a.m. so that people can see the encounter and the love of God on people's faith. Sometimes we need a Tim with a shovel who's adjusting sound so that people on their, on their sick bed in the hospital can hear about the love of God and, and maybe believe that a church still believes in divine healing. Sometimes we need people like Alex who are picking up shovels and taking pictures because the front door of our church is no longer at the movie theater, it's on social media. And we need people to watch somebody else receive an encounter in the love of God. Stop being critical and grab a shovel this morning. We need to get consumed with the love of God. Lord, let our heart be burdened with those who are not in the room this morning. The reason why you are here this morning is because somebody still has a shovel. Somebody still has a shovel. Do y'all see this? This is a card at a church. We were, uh, have you guys ever heard that song, If You Can Make It In New York, You Can Make It Anywhere? Okay, let me just tell you from people from Indiana, that is 100% true. 100% true. I'm like, you want to be a missionary? Come come to New York. Like, get some training ground. If you can make it here, you'll be good. You'll be golden, baby. Ship you to Africa. You'll be fine. But we, we believe that God put in our heart to plant a church. We came out here maybe five-ish years ago, six years, I don't know, whatever the math is. We moved out here for a little bit. Didn't go well. It's all right. We moved back to Indiana because they, uh, our pastors, that video that you saw, um, they extended an opportunity for us to come. 
and receive uh, training to be a church planter. And they said, when you're ready, you know, we'll plant you and we'll send you off. So that's what we did. So we get here and we're so excited. Have, how many have ever been called to do something from the Lord? And you've just been like, this is awesome. And then the reality hits you and you're like, oh, God, shut the door. Whoops. Let me tell you, sometimes behind that door is adversity, and that does not mean that it is not God's will. Resistance doesn't mean quitting. Resistance means strength. So needless to say, we encountered a ton of resistance. And I remember just crying. And you know, looking back, I'm like, Lord, we... (laughs) could have been so much worse we could have been in a region where there was monsoons and all this crazy stuff that you hear about all over the world but at the time it seemed really big right and so I was Evan was a witness to all this (laughs) he had a front row seat I was crying and crying and we just kept singing this song Lord I'll take this mountain and I'll make it an altar Lord I'll take this mountain and I'll make it an altar you know and at the end of the day real talk can I be real fam I doubted myself a million times lord why would anyone want to hear from me why would anyone want to go to michael and i's church do they know how crazy we are why would anybody want to submit to our leadership or be on our team or you know this is all the lies that the enemy was feeding me this is real talk guys this is real talk And we show up to this church so beat up by New York bureaucracy, praise God. (laughs) Tired, exhausted, like we were a couple hundred miles away from New York and we get a call from our realtor, hey, your apartment's not gonna be ready for 12 days. What? We had all of our stuff, our church, our stuff and our church was all in that box truck you see out there million and one stories of resistance with that and we show up to this church because v1 hadn't launched services yet so of course we love church right i just told you this so we go to church down the street there's a church called christ tabernacle in queens amazing church amazing pastors they didn't know who we were they still don't but we got there and this picture of a mountain that says only believe was on my chair it was on everybody's chair And I got there and I was like, Mike, look, Jesus hasn't forgotten about us. Like it it was Christmas time, guys. It could have been any picture in the world. Fast forward, we're at a cafe many months later and we run into this girl who's like, we were telling her the story about us moving. We see the picture, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh my gosh, I took that picture. I was the graphic designer for this design. And she's like, I fought for this. I fought for this. And I was like, you have no idea. I'm telling her as a girl, right? You have a girl preaching today, so you have to deal with the high-pitched voice. I was like, you have no idea how much this ministered to me. You have no idea. I am so thankful for a church in Queens who had shovels in their hands. They didn't know it, but they were lowering down this church into existence. And they encouraged by the message the wife got up there that day with tears streaming down her face and I was so moved by her compassion that she still had a shovel after 40 years every Sunday she was just shoveling and shoveling and shoveling because she believed that there are people who can't do it on their own who can't do it alone they need you they need your yes 
And so this morning, maybe you've been a critic in the room. Maybe that's who you are this morning. That's okay. Jesus still ministered to them. That's okay. But maybe it's time to step out of the way so that somebody else can come alongside you. Maybe it's time to grab a shovel this morning. Maybe you're the man on the mat this morning. Maybe you're like, hey, Jules, that's my nickname. Jules, it's all I can do just to get here this morning. Like I almost left. You know, some people, it is all they can do just to walk through those doors. And the only reason why we have parkers and greeters aren't because we need them. It's to champion them to change. It's to champion them all the way through to say, you are not forgotten. It is vital and important that you came this morning and we are going to pray for you and cheer you on to fulfill every dream and desire that God has for you this morning. And so today you might be the guy on the mat or the girl on the mat. And I wanna tell you this morning, just like what Jesus said, your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. But Jesus didn't stop at forgiveness. That man got healed and walked up out of there. Well, hey, thanks so much for sticking around. If you got this far into the message, I believe that your life was changed. And you know, this funny thing happened after Julie preached this message. There are people in the lobby of church saying, I've got my shovel. I'm ready to dig. Are you ready to dig? Yes, let's dig. And and I, I think that something really important is happening in the hearts of people. And I believe by faith that it happened in your heart as well. It's what happens when you decide I am not going to be a critic in the crowd. I'm actually going to be a reformer on the roof. Come on. And so if this message changed your life, if it blessed you, why don't you do me a favor, go to www.v1.church and actually send us a message. Tell us a story about what God did while you were listening and make sure to actually just share this podcast. Like grab the link right now, text it to someone, slide into their DMs with a podcast for preaching. Yes, that's right. Go on Facebook, share it, do whatever you have to do to let people know that God is speaking to them just as he spoke to you through this message. We love you guys. We're so excited for this series and we're going to see you next week.